Good morning. This is Dina Marie with a Saint Moment on Mater Day Radio. Well, the liturgical calendar is filled with saints and stories of men and women of all different ages, all different backgrounds, who were regular men and women, just like you and I, but they lived their lives in an extraordinary way, a way of continuing to persist in following Jesus Christ. And so today we have a great opportunity to bring back our friend, Father James Kubicki, to look at some of the great feast days we celebrate in the month of August, some that come together and give us a better reflection on the love of our Blessed Mother in our lives. Father James Kubicki joining us. Father James, thanks for joining us during this busy summer season. Great to have you back with us. Thank you so much, Dina Marie. Good to be with you and all our listeners. I wanted to reflect. There's so many great feast days in the month of August, but one of my favorite is Maximilian Kolbe. And there's a great history of this Franciscan saint. Uh, I'm at the Franciscan Sisters uh, retreat house today, so we love our Franciscan saints. But let's kind of start with him and giving us an idea of his life. What do we know about uh, Maximilian Kolbe and, and some of the highlights of his life? Well, one of the things I love, you know, he was baptized with the name Raymond and uh, Raymond Kolbe. And when he joined the conventional Franciscans, he was given the name Maximilian Marie Kolbe. And uh, he was born in 1894 in Poland. And one of the beautiful parts of his story is that when he was 12 years old, apparently he was kind of a a rambunctious child. And uh, when he was 12 years old, his mother said to him, Raymond, what is going to become of you? And uh, that question really convicted him. And he was praying in front of a statue of our Blessed Mother, and he had a vision of our Blessed Mother. He was asking her, his spiritual mother, Mother, what is going to become of me? And in the vision, she presented him with two crowns. One was white and one was red. And she said, I offer you a choice. You know, you have to be um, consecrated as a religious and to live a life of chastity, virginity, or I give you this red crown, which symbolizes martyrdom. Which do you want? And being the, I guess, precocious uh, child that he was at the age of 12, he said, I want both. And as it turns out, both of those crowns were given to him. He joined the conventional Franciscans, uh, was ordained a priest, had a great devotion to our Blessed Mother and promoted devotion to her in an organization that he created called the Militia of the Immaculata. He created cities both in Poland and as a missionary in Japan, cities that were named after her. So they were called City of the Immaculate Mother of God. And he developed a whole publishing industry of magazines uh, that promoted devotion to our Blessed Mother, including consecration to her. And uh, as the story goes, he eventually returned to Poland, where he was arrested by the Nazis. World War II had broken out. Poland was occupied by the Nazis, and he was arrested because of the work that he was doing to promote religion, which very much went against the Nazi philosophy. And he was a great leader in in Poland and the uh, Nazis wanted to destroy anything of Polish culture and language. And so they targeted Maximilian Kolbe. He was arrested, sent to Auschwitz. And in Auschwitz, he 
was, you know, almost worked to death. But at one point, it was July 30th, 1941, a prisoner had escaped. And to dissuade any other prisoners from thinking about escaping, the commandant called the group together from one of the barracks and chose 10 men to die in a starvation bunker. Now, one of those men was uh, a husband and a father, and he blurted out, he said, I, I have a family, I need to be there for my family. And Maximilian Kobe stepped forward and said, I will take his place. And the commandant said to him, well, who are you? What, you know? And he said, I am a Catholic priest, I will take this man's place. And he did. He went into the starvation bunker. He and uh, in two weeks, um, most of the men had died. He and three others were still alive. And, and so the Nazis came and gave him and the other three an injection with carbolic acid, and they were killed. And so Pope St. John Paul II, when he canonized St. Maximilian Kolbe in the year 1982, called him a martyr of charity because he had offered his life. He witnessed to the love of God, Jesus, who said, I came not to serve, but to not to be served, but to serve, and who came and said, I lay down my life for my friends. St. Maximilian Kolbe did that and hence is known as a martyr of charity. Wow. Father James Kubicki with us today talking about the life of St. Maximilian Kolbe. And you mentioned, Father James, this love of the Blessed Mother. In fact, I think we could probably learn a lot from a young person saying, well, from the parent, what are you, what are we going to do with you? But if we're wondering, what am I going to do with my life? Pray to the Blessed Mother. That's a great example. What about this idea of a consecration? I know many saints, there's a connection with this Marian consecration, but can you explain that a little bit and how Maximilian looked at that way of making a, a Marian consecration? Well, uh, consecration, you know, sounds uh, very official, and in a sense it is. All of us were consecrated at our baptisms. We received on our heads the sacred chrism, which is used to consecrate uh, worship space, a new church that's used to consecrate the altar in a new church. When I was ordained a priest, my hands were consecrated with that sacred chrism. And so each of us received that same anointing, consecrating us to our Lord. But a way that we can, let's say, enhance that consecration or um, receive help in living out our baptismal promises, where we rejected Satan, is to turn to our Blessed Mother, because the promise that was given in the book of Genesis is that there would be a new Eve, a woman who would come, who would crush the serpent's head. And we see that fulfilled in our Blessed Mother. So if we want to live out our baptismal consecration, where we say, I reject Satan and all his empty promises and sin, the way to do that is by turning to our Blessed Mother and asking her help because she the serpent's head. She is the one who gave flesh to Jesus, who was born from her womb. And in making this consecration, what we do is we basically say, Mary, I am weak and sinful. I need help in living out my baptismal promises you can take what I offer each day to God, and if there's anything imperfect there, you can make it perfect, because I've offered this to Jesus through you. And that's, 
you know, one of the, the great moments uh, in history was when St. Louis de Montfort in the 1700s began a process, uh, began a movement of consecration to our Blessed Mother. And what he called it was basically, it was not so much to our mother, but to Jesus through Mary. And the desire again is, uh, he called it total consecration to Jesus through Mary. And this really helped St. John Paul II understand Mary's role, that as Jesus came to us through Mary, we go to Jesus through Mary. And she makes complete, makes perfect what is weak and imperfect in our lives. So there are many different ways of doing this. Um, the de Montfort consecration, the 33 days that uh, Father Gately has put together in a beautiful little book. So there, there are many different ways of doing this. I'm sure you've had some experience of this yourself, Dina Marie, haven't you? I have, uh, Father James. In fact, we are in the month of August, so we just started to do our 33 Days to Morning Glory retreat. I've got about 60 participants in uh, my parish community, and my husband and I are helping lead people through this process. But some of the saints that we connect with during the preparation are St. Maximilian Colby, are St. Louis de Montfort. You mentioned St. Pope John Paul II, and then another beautiful saint, Mother Teresa, you know, they all help us in in getting a better idea of our relationship with Our Lady and uh, our, making those baptismal promises. So I'd encourage people. I think summertime is a retreat time. It'd be a great time to make a consecration. And oh, my goodness, we're getting close to the end of, of this uh, segment. But I, I want to have us talk a little bit more about Our Lady's feast days because that ties into making the consecration because they are tied to a feast day of the Blessed Mother. Will you stay on the line, Father James? We'll take a quick break and we'll continue our conversation about the saints and our Blessed Mother in the next half hour. Thank you. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father James Kubicki. We've been talking about the lives of the saints for the month of August, particularly the life of St. Maximilian Kolbe. If you look at the calendar, August 14th is uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, and the next day is a holy day of obligation. You know, there are no coincidences, Father James. When I look at the church calendar, I think, wow, the Lord just works in so many ways. Look how much Maximilian loved Our Lady and his feast day, the day that he died, is the day before the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Right. So let's start with that. What is the mm -hmm. assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary? It's not the ascension of the Lord. This is the assumption mm -hmm. of our Blessed Mother. Right. And we don't know exactly the day that she passed from this life to the next. But traditionally, that passing has been celebrated on August 15th. So it's, it's beautiful to consider how St. Maximilian Kolbe passed from this life to the next on the 14th, the vigil, the anticipation, the eve of her assumption. And what we believe is that at the end of her earthly life, her earthly journey, she was taken body and soul into heaven. Now, you know, throughout the centuries, there's been some discussion, some debate we don't know whether or not she actually died. Um, my own opinion, um, and you know, it's just just one person's opinion, is that as Jesus shared in our death because he was fully human, so I believe Mary also shared in death. And in fact, in the Eastern churches, the Eastern Catholic and Orthodox churches, they speak of this 
moment in her life as the falling asleep, the dormition of our blessed mother, uh, falling asleep as in um, coming to the end of her life and, and dying. When Pope Pius XII declared this to be a dogma of our faith in the year 1950, he declared to be a Catholic, we must believe that Mary, when she came to the end of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heaven. She shared in the fruits of Jesus' own resurrection. And the word, the expression that he used was, on the completion of her earthly life. So he left it open, whether that completion meant she actually died or that she didn't and was just assumed before death into heaven. What we believe is this, is that her body did not remain on earth, uh, but that it was taken up with her soul into heaven, which if you think about it makes sense because that was the body that held the bread of life, that held Jesus the source of life. And so um, Jesus did not want his mother to experience the corruption that would occur after death. And so after her passing from this life to the next, he took her body and soul to be with him forever in the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Father James Kubicki with us as we talk about this solemnity, actually. And as we were mentioning over, off the air, this is a holy day of obligation as well. Give us a little background on how that became or, or the, placed on the calendar um, in the month of August, and just give us a little insight on this. Mm -hmm. Well, throughout history, it was celebrated at different times. And uh, at one point, it was concluded, let's celebrate it uh, in the month of August toward the end of, of the summer season in the Northern Hemisphere. And um, so there was it just a tradition that developed in different churches throughout uh, history. What we celebrate, though, is the passing of Mary from this life into the next. So normally, you know, we celebrate a saint's feast day on the day they die. And that's the day of their passage to the heavenly life. In Mary's case, we celebrated in the month of August on the 15th. And as you mentioned, it is a solemnity. It's uh, the highest order of feast. Not all solemnities are celebrated as holy days of obligation. But this one is because you could say this is the primary feast of Mary. We celebrate her Immaculate Conception in December. We celebrate her birth in September. This is the day when we normally celebrate uh, saints' feast days, the day when they passed from this life to the next. And so this is the major feast in honor of Our Lady. And for that reason, we celebrate it as a holy day of obligation. Right. And so we've got the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, August 15th. Now, looking at my calendar, recently we've added and almost think of this novena of the queenship <laughs> of Mary. And I've seen beautiful art, art images. We've got a beautiful image of the Queenship of Mary at our local national sanctuary of our Sorrowful Mother, the Grotto. It's this beautiful, the Holy Trinity crowning mm -hmm. Our Lady. Give us a sense of this feast day and how they may be tied together. Okay. Well, actually, um, this became reality in the year 1969 when Pope St. Paul VI made some changes in the liturgical calendar. The Feast of the Queenship of Mary was, before that, celebrated on May 31st. Mary's month is May, and the conclusion of that month often 
resulted in people processing with a statue of Mary and crowning Mary. And so for many years, the Queenship of Mary was celebrated at the end of May, Mary's month. However, Pope Paul VI felt it was more appropriate to celebrate the Queenship of Mary after her arrival in heaven. In other words, to celebrate, as we often do, an octave, eight days. So um, eight days after Easter, leading up to Divine Mercy Sunday, we have Easter week, uh, eight days, an octave. Christmas, we have eight days of celebrating special Christmas days until we get to the uh, great solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, on January 1st. So these eight-day celebrations are part of the little calendar in different ways. And Pope St. Paul VI felt that it was appropriate to celebrate Mary's being crowned as Queen of Heaven and Earth after she was assumed into heaven. And so the feast that had been on August 22nd was the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He moved that to uh, usually in June to follow right after the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, because these two hearts beat so closely as one. And I think it makes sense. And in our uh, prayer, the rosary, we have the glorious mysteries. The fourth glorious mystery is reflecting on Mary's assumption. The fifth is her coronation. As we celebrate those two realities, mysteries, it's uh, in the rosary, it's good to celebrate them liturgically uh, in August as well. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And to kind of come back full circle with our talk on Maximilian Kolbe, you mentioned this Marian consecration, and we've got all of these Marian feast days. In fact, if you look at the Marian feast day calendars, they're all over the 365 days of the year, you'll find many. But um, just give us a sense of what reason why we would tie a Marian feast day to maybe the end and to close our consecration date would become this time of of a special mass and a, a make a, a make a prayer of consecration to Jesus through Mary on let's say the Assumption or the Queenship mm-hmm. of Mary. Well, back in in two thousand and three, I prepared to consecrate myself to our Blessed Mother using the De Montfort total consecration to Jesus through Mary formula. And uh, I celebrated my consecration on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th. And it makes sense that we would, the day that we would honor Mary, whether it's her birth, her, her assumption, her Immaculate Conception, or the Annunciation in March, and that one way of honoring her and celebrating those great moments in her life Um, One way of doing that would be to consecrate ourselves on that day so that uh, it's a very great tradition also that on the day of our consecration, we celebrate it as an anniversary each year. So every year on December 8th, I remember how I consecrated myself in 2003 on that day. And it's a great way of, of, again, honoring our Blessed Mother on one of her great feast days. Uh, to remember that consecration and to uh, renew it. Uh, sometimes people wonder, well, if I make this consecration, what are the obligations? And and basically, it's a, a consecration. It's good. I have two short prayers that I pray every day, one in the morning, one in the evening, just to renew my consecration, reminding myself that I am a child of Mary. But beyond that, you know, there are no big obligations that people should be worried about. 
Right, right. And I think what a great thing during the summer season, I would really encourage people if you haven't already started, maybe a 33 day preparation, look to Maximilian Colby, look to St. Louis de Montfort, they're going to have some wonderful resources. Locally, Father uh, Michael Gately has put together a, a really beautiful program that will help groups come together, maybe families, couples, or individuals who just want to have that beautiful connection to Jesus through Mary. And again, ask for the saints to help us. And number one, if we're wondering, what am I supposed to do in my life? We'll ask our blessed mother. I think she'll have uh, some wonderful things to help us with. Again, Father James, what a great time to, I know you're doing missions and you've got some different retreats going on over the summer. So we'll pray for your safety as you travel here and there to bring the good news to so many. And with that, I just would invite you to help us close with your prayer and blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Mother Mary, who, when Jesus died on the cross, was given to us to be our mother. We ask you that we may be children of Mary who follow her example, always seeking your will in all things. And may the blessing of Almighty God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, descend upon you, all our listeners, family, and friends. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James. Have a blessed summer season. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Dina Marie.